Mortgage Company, including yeah. District Invest Group. Yeah, I can talk about like what we're planning, what our plans are, and nation nationwide domination for sure. You're listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast, the podcast where we focus exclusively on all things local to the DMV area. Local investors, local knowledge, local experts. Our journey starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the DC Real Estate Podcast. My name is Russell Brazil. I'm an associate real estate broker with Arla Ad Properties. And I'm Sarah Frank. I am a licensed realtor in Maryland and Virginia. Sorry, Maryland and DC. Um, Because I got I'm getting my Virginia license and I'm like used to saying that. So we'll edit that. It's fine. Licensed in Maryland and DC. And I'm also on the district invest group with Russell. And this week we got one of our good friends, Vincent Clackus in and going to Talk about stuff we don't usually talk about on this program, so I'm really excited. And cool. we're just coming back out of the Christmas holiday, heading into New Year's. So hope, hopefully everyone had a good holiday. Um, so, Vincent, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Russell. Um, as you know, me and Lindsay Reichman started a mortgage company, um, Motto Mortgage Boutique. Um, super excited to be doing that because it's kind of a new... Um, business venture for obviously both of us, but also just a new way of starting a mortgage company, right? So we uh, we bought a mortgage franchise, and the whole idea is to be the one-stop shop in D.C. for all real estate financing, but also, um, you know, we have a, in a great group of realtor owners who are going to be a part of our company. So, Interesting. so um, what franchise did you guys buy? Yeah, Motto Mortgage Motto is the franchise. And then we just added, you have to add the boutique at the end right. or anything else, right? Um, there's a ton across the country. They're rapidly growing. They're independent entities, right? So you can have you know multiple owners, which is, again, our business model um, is to have... Uh, $2 billion worth of total sales transactions with, uh, with the, the group that we have in place hmm. to be owners. And so for those of you that don't know, the way a franchise works, and this is for any type of business, is so you're starting a business, but you want sort of the uh, blueprint to follow, right? What, what do we do? How do we start the business? So, right, you can buy a McDonald's franchise mm-hmm. and all like the ordering process is all set, all the hiring process, every mm-hmm. single little process is already set. And so you're paying a certain fee to buy a franchise sure. and uh, you're probably paying a franchise fee, I yeah. would imagine monthly or yearly back. And, to, and I'll be completely so. honest. It's not expensive. It's five grand a month. Oh, so yeah. it's a set fee. It's not a percentage. Correct. Oh, yeah. Nice. It's van. We can get dived into this of, you know, why I think every realtor in the country should own ancillary services, but that's our idea is really to set this up prove a business model, take this nationwide. Yeah, I like the uh, the set fee because in the in the real estate brokerage side, when a brokerage pays a fee, it's typically a percentage back to the franchise mm-hmm. company. Um, 6% is sort of the typical, right? So if you're selling a billion, $2 billion in real estate, um, that franchise fee ends up much more sufficient than what Absolutely. your guys is. Right. Absolutely. And the setup fee, I believe, was close to 50 grand. And then, um, so like, I think, actually, let me take this back. The first year is around like five grand. After year one, it jumps up to, I think, max is going to be like 7,000 um, per month. Okay. 
but that allows you guys to start up a business for pretty low cost. Um, Very and obviously low cost. there's other costs besides just your franchise sure. fee. But. Sure. Uh, yeah, overhead is not that expensive for all the realtors that, you know, they're kind of getting this, that this might be jogging some ideas in their mind. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, our office is about a thousand bucks a month. Um, Where's your guys' office at? Pike and Rose. Okay. Yeah, we uh, got one of those industrious offices. Um, that's uh, all you really need. Like the suites. Yeah, it's really co-working. cool. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I walked in and they had breakfast laid out for me, I was like, I'm sold. That's what good. I'm thinking too. <laughs> like, because I want a little place in Baltimore, and yeah. I was like, I could rent something and be by myself in like a little office, or I could do co-working and coffee, little yeah. snacks. You know what's really cool is that you get to meet so many other businesses, small business owners in the space itself. So meeting financial planners, just all walks of life and everyone's pretty happy and just willing to mingle and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, that's other potential leads right off the bat. Exactly. 100%. So, um, yeah. So between that and just like, you know, what we talked about, that's other marketing ideas, TikTok marketing. It's, uh, yeah, the overhead is not that expensive. Yeah. So you were at a couple different, uh, standard mortgage burgers before this. What made you decide, I want to go out and start a company. So, yeah, absolutely. So, um, was at, started my career at an online lender, which I highly do not recommend, um, being a part of, um, you know, they just, we also don't recommend using them as clients. Yeah. I remember my manager telling me once to avoid problems and I was like, I just don't think this is the way to go. I don't think I should be (laughs) not calling people back because their loan might be hard. Um, well, I mean, so gave me a good introduction into the lending space. I mean, I came in at the refi boom. Um, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Prior to that, I was in the hospitality industry. I was up in New York working as a cook. Um, and then my, uh, my wife's uncle works at first savings was like, you should definitely get into the mortgage industry. And during the refi boom, I mean, I think I did 26 million in two and a half months in, <laughs> in business. And I was like, wow, what is this? Um, uh, but after like being there for a few months, um, uh, I realized that it wasn't the way to go, especially like I knew the refi business was going to die down. Um, and so, boy, has it died down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. So I, uh, Reached out to the top performing group at First Home Mortgage uh, under Jake Ryan. Shout out Jake Ryan. Um, and, um, you know, they brought me on and really taught me how to be an actual loan officer. What it is to mean build relationships with realtors, to add value to the community. Um, that's how I met Lindsey Reichman. Uh, I wanted to be his preferred lender. He said, I have many of those. And I was like, well, I can help. You know, and we got to talking about finding you, finding him condo development projects. And then one thing led to another. He was like, I'm doing this on the title side. Um, we should have this business model on the mortgage side. Do you want to be my lender? And do you want to start this with me? So um, yeah, that's how we got started. And definitely on the title side, something that's becoming very popular amongst real estate agents, right? Mm-hmm. Owning a mm-hmm. portion of the title company. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned here, you guys have some realtor owners on the mortgage side. Yeah, yeah. So we're that's really interesting because I, I know... Yeah. I know a couple agents that own mortgage companies, but not not a lot. So most Mato mortgage owners are Remax broker owners. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, so Mato mortgage definitely has some value. Because and now that you say that, I can I can picture a Remax office in my mind that says Mato mortgage correct. in the in the front window. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I just think this is the way it's going to go. I just don't understand. I just feel like if you're a high producing realtor, like why would you not have these ancillary services? One, it just adds to your bottom line, but two, like you control more of the process. And as a broker, 
I mean, I didn't realize this. I can do anything, any, any, anything regarding real estate finance. Like I can help out with, uh, whereas like I loved first home, but my biggest problem with them was I would say no. And then that was it. It's like, sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. When you're with a company like that, you're pigeonholed pretty much sure. into the residential market. Exactly. With pretty standard, yeah. you know, loans. Absolutely. And it's actually like being a broker right now. It's kind of like, you know, um, save like my business right now because I'm able to do all these investment type of loans, which I've been able to help a lot of people with. Um, just get my name out there and the unique loans that I can do. It's like people find out I can do them and then they're just like, hey, I work with these investors. Can you help them? And here we are. Especially if you're working with Lindsay, whose business is condo development, things of that nature. Correct. Um, that's what he's known for. So yeah. That, that's an seems like an obvious like symbiont. So if you're going to be working with someone who builds condo buildings, maybe we should be doing these development loans, these, mm-hmm. these complex investor loans. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the best thing is, too, is we've also partnered with other like loan officers at different companies because we're not like the idea is like we want to be the face of. Washington, D.C. real estate finance. And if we can't help you, we know the people that can or have the better solution. So like we have a relationship with a loan officer, a truest and like a jumbo loan between one and a half to three million dollars. Like we're they will probably beat us. So if, you know, we get that client, you know, talk to my guy at truest. He can he has the best rate in town. He'll be able to help you and vice versa. If he has, you know, we've built that relationship where he has a client that he can't help because of whatever reason their DTI is too high or something like that. He will you know, send them to me and I can help. So I'm really trying to just create like loan officers that we have relationship with relationships with at other places. Like they don't have to say no anymore to their realtor clients. They can send them to me. I can help and then vice versa. I really just create. This yeah. I feel like uh, for many, many, many years, realtors were good with that. Right. We refer people all around the country. Um, but I always feel like there's some, some loan officers that that will refer, but not not as often. It doesn't seem like it's no, as big. No, it's very much like mine. Like you know, they get very territorial, and I just like don't think that's the way to to just to be. If you want to be that like that go to person for sure. Like I'm okay. I just want to help everyone. Like you know, and that just helps me by being able to help everyone. So it's interesting that because uh, I always think of Truist as being, and Truist used to be SunTrust, right? Sure. Um, so it's always important. Everyone knows SunTrust. No one knows Truist. I don't understand why they changed their name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think of them being a sort of a standard residential place. So I'm actually surprised that on jumbo loans, they're generally been able. To yeah, yeah. And again, it'll, it'll probably change. I mean, these because on the lower level loans, they don't. They're not the cheapest. No, no. Like I will crush anybody on conventional stuff, FHA, VA, like off the bat. The reason being is like as a broker, I didn't know this going into it. Um, uh, we control like our commission, obviously. So I can take a haircut on the commission and go lower on interest rate to, help, to beat anybody if I'm in a comp- competitive environment. As opposed to like a standard loan officer at Would some company, they have to stay within the company guidelines yes, of what they can correct. And you have the lower correct. overhead, you're just paying the Yeah, exactly. Fee. So uh, give, if anybody is not familiar with this model, like um, First Home has warehouse lines of credit, passes through all of their overhead, all their offices, and then they have to build that into their interest rates, right? Whereas we we are the sales force for these wholesale lenders out in the field. Like they don't have their own sales force. So, you know, it's they have a central hub and then us. And so there's no overhead in between. That's why we have the cheaper rates right off the bat. And then again, we can cut our commission because our overhead is not that much. Yeah, um, so actually here's a kind of a 
curious segue into this. So I think everyone um, that thinks about getting into real estate sort of understands how realtors are paid, right? Mm -hmm. There's a commission, it's this percentage of the house, then you have a split, right, with your brokerage, and then you have some overhead from there. Um, Salary structures and commission structures in the mortgage world, I think, are more foreign to most people. Um, So let's start with like at a typical place, your truest, your prosperity home mortgage, your first home mortgage. What is payment structures for a loan officer look like in one of those places? So I would say um, if you're like a newer loan officer, like brand new, you'll probably be on the salary um, for like a year and get about 50 basis points, which is about half a percent. Um, and then if you come off of that, you'll get anywhere between 85 basis points to up to like 125 if like you're really cranking it and like, you know, you, uh, you, at the point of when you get 125, you know, they have to give that. So that's 1.25% of the, of the, loan of the loan's value. Yeah, yeah, of the loan amount. Um, and because they have to give that to you because you could find that elsewhere and they, you know, you, they would lose you. Yeah, right. right. Uh, whereas a mortgage broker shop, we get anywhere between, the highest we can get is 2.75% of the loan amount. Wow. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's pretty a, interesting. That's an agent yeah. commission. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you can set. More than an agent commission. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can set that. So basically, there's two ways we get paid. Lender paid compensation, where uh, we have a set um, commission rate with each lender that we can change quarterly, up to 2.75%. Uh, but, you know, if you set at 2.75%, your interest rate is going to be a little higher than if you set it at 2.25, yeah. right? Um, so that's one way we, we get paid. So, we, you know, I've. So you adjust uh, the loan. Uh, exactly. Interest rate and collecting a delta. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then borrower paid compensation. We can come off of that. And that's where I get into like, hey, I'll collect one, one and a quarter percent of the loan amount to really go down my rate sheet and help this buyer out, help this, this agent out and gain that uh, market. And since you're the one calling the shots. Yeah. You have a lot of flexibility in 100%. what you can charge, and yeah. that and that's why you're able to undercut people and uh, beat them on these conventional yeah. rates. Yeah, exactly. It's like someone the other day was like, "Hey, I want to be under six percent." I was like, "Well, great, I can get you under six yeah. <laughs> percent. What do you want?" Yeah, yeah. people want to see <laughs> and people want to see that five. Yeah, Listen, I'd rather have. Uh, Some you know, money than 50, no money. Fifty percent of something than one hundred percent of nothing, right? Yeah. And but again, it's also like. I'm helping these people because they're paying less and then I'm helping the realtor get help. I'm helping the realtor because their clients actually going to buy this house because they have a cheaper interest rate. Yeah. It's funny how many realtors I see walk away from deals over small amounts of money. They're, right. they're going to make a, I don't know, 10, 15, $20,000 commission and they don't want to kick in. There's some problem with the inspection. It's going to cost you 500 bucks. Like, just pay the five hundred dollars yeah. yourself and get it done and get yeah. the get yeah. the Move on. Yeah, and have um, that referral turn into many more. But uh, yeah. so many people shoot themselves in the foot in this industry. Yeah, but not just on the one deal on the deals that would like you just said the referral the future deals. Yeah, they're not going to refer you because you yeah, can't I mean, get it every, closed. Every deal we close yeah. should lead to three, four, five 100%. more deals down the line. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And if I help these people out. You know, the clients are, you know, telling everybody, call Vance, that realtor is being like, this was great, call Vance. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's a snowball effect. Especially with investor clients, because they're not coming back just in the seven years. They might come back in oh, two months. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you're kicking yourself in multiple absolutely. ways. Yeah, those investor loans, I mean, I didn't know they existed. And actually, most realtors, like, don't know they exist. I mean, you guys definitely do, obviously. Yeah, we work like. with DS, DSCR <laughs> but, loans. But, uh, 
I've mentioned this to some people and all of them have been in loan offices themselves. Like they've scratched on their head. Like what, what is this? And like, how is this possible? They've been like, in the industry tw- 20 years. Sure. Never, never did a DSCR loan. <laughs> really? And for those that don't know, that's debt service coverage ratio loans, um, which a lot of investors use. So it's based on the income of the property and not on the specifics of say an individual. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot of those. Um, which has been huge between that or my Airbnb loans that I have. That's pretty exclusive to my, um, to my brokerage. I, I sought out this Ooh, lender. Talk about those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so up to $5 million, I can do a loan. You, you must own the prior primary residence. Um, it can be anywhere in the country. There is no DSCR ratio. So it's just 25% down 600 plus credit score. Um, 600. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you must own the primary residence and you get the house. That's not that residence. So it's like basically a second home. Correct. Well, yeah, you, you just have to show that you own the you, primary residence. Right, right, yeah, right. Um, but it could it be It sounds anywhere. like a risky loan, though, it, for these wholesale lenders. Well, so this lender, I mean, the rate's in the tens. But okay. again, you can... So re- they're compensating for that Exactly. Risk. You can refinance later on. But I mean, if you're in the... Buying a condo in Miami or something like that, and yeah. you want to rent out an Airbnb, and you're just like cranking, I mean, you're cash flowing. Even I mean, like Alexandria that still allows the Airbnbs. Like, yeah, yeah. Get a one bed um, for there for six six fifty. You're still you can make a lot of money on that. People exactly four thousand plus dollars a month. Because most Airbnb. DSCR loan um, lenders they won't lend if you are showing that you are going to rent it out. If you're not doing thirty days, they or want more. a long term lease. Yeah, thirty days right. or more. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, where this lender will actually like get the short-term rental comps and like, yeah, but they actually don't do the DSCR stuff. So they just, yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, it's pretty interesting because it is, it is kind of a big hole in the lending space. Mm-hmm. Lenders don't want to lend on Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're paying a high interest rate, um, but you're able to actually Get, get it, the, get it, which get, is yeah. hard. Get it now and then refinance later to a cheaper rate. And if, as we've seen sort of in the news a little bit, um, a lot of people have been using second home loans to buy Airbnbs, but not actually using it for themselves. And then um, maybe getting indicted for mortgage sure. fraud. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, mortgage fraud is serious, guys. You don't want to go to jail um, or pay a lot of money. In, in fact, the state's attorney in one of the uh, jurisdictions of Maryland was indicted for just the same thing. Well, that's, um. that's promising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Airbnb, Airbnb loans, they are a thing. Um, for anybody, anybody that wants to know more, just uh, contact these guys or contact me. So you mentioned um, a first year uh, loan officer at one of these big companies might start with, with a salary plus 50 basis points. Yeah. What, uh, what does this sort of the base salary look like at for those, uh, anywhere between thirty-five and forty k. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see why that would be attractive because when that when we went into real estate, right, we don't have benefits. We don't. We don't have benefits. We don't have uh, salary. Mm. No guaranteed income, mm. right? Yeah. Um. So I definitely see how that could be attractive. If someone wants to yeah. be in real estate, but is scared of being commissioned. Yeah, it's definitely necessary. I mean, uh, when I was at first home, I mean, I, you know, I want to be this and many loan officers have this story of like, they didn't even know if they wanted to buy the bag of chips with the sandwich. Cause they didn't know where their next commission was coming and They were just, you know, fighting for every dollar. So, I mean, having the salary definitely helps uh, up front, but you're not in this game for the salary. You're in it for the relationship building and the potential commission. Um, and how much you can make. And so, yeah. Yeah. And definitely. one of the things also I want to touch on is you said 
that as the mortgage broker, your compensation can be up to 2.75%. So that's the, the brokerage loan. itself. So you're going to yeah. have a split between the loan officer, but the loan officer. That's but I'm saying for you, your company. Yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of people hear that though. And they think, oh man, he's making that much money. Mm. They also don't understand business overhead. Sure. Right? Business like, overhead. You got to have office space. Yeah. Um, at some point you're going to have employees that you also yep. have to pay to process Correct. the loans. Yeah. Um, so the beauty about our company right now is there's third party processing companies out there that are all that are former underwriters, the ones that we're using and they're getting even better because all these companies are firing. Underwriters. Oh, they just laid off at what half the processors in yeah, the country, right? Absolutely. So this company is really scooping up the best underwriters in the country to be this third party processing. So we um, don't have that overhead at the moment. When we do get to scale where we want to be, like we will hire higher in-house processors um, to do this work for so us. So this is interesting. So when another, you go to this company, I'm assuming you're paying them per file probably. Well, we're not paying them. The borrowers. Oh, it's pretty on, okay. Yeah, yeah it's seven ninety five flat fee. I mean, that's less, that's and less that's just, than the processing fee at other local lenders. Right. So a very common processing fee I see is about $1,200. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're charging less than the big guys are happening and you're passing that cost. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my job is a few things, right? It's obviously get the business and run the business profitably. Um, but the last thing I want to be doing is in the, t- when we're scaling, I, I don't want to be in the files day to day, day to day. Like, and this company does a really, really good job. Like I set up the file as clean as possible. So they know when that file comes in, like, you know, Vince did everything right. It's clean. I come in there when there's problems, keep everybody updated through automated emails or, you know, um, and then, you know, they've been closing fast and on time. And then you can spend more of your time on the valuable things, which is building more relationships, getting more clients. Exactly. planning strategically where you guys are going to bring the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's been huge. Um, it's been instrumental into what we're, we're trying to do. And again, we are going to eventually hire in-house processors because that is a right another revenue stream. Like you said, it could be 1200 bucks compared to them collecting 795. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Now 1200 bucks could pay for the, uh, yeah. Cause then the, you can raise the, that fee yeah. and then, uh, Twelve hundred bucks could pay for the processor, and then and then some, right? So and then benefits, as people often forget. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're gonna pause here. Got it. No, we're good. Okay, we don't have to pause. Um, I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited about this. I honestly think the mortgage broker model is gonna gain a lot of steam over the next two years. If you're a mortgage working for a lender and you're doing fifty million plus in volume, you should be a mortgage broker. And get paid more. Um, just like as a realtor, like if you were to leave your brokerage, you would most likely be okay because you've established a brand and people work with you, not the brokerage. Same thing as a loan officer. And there's just no reason not to. They, I feel like, you know, they get sold this like... I don't know. They get do they get sold on being like where they're at. You know, everything's in house, etc. Like if you go to a broker, you're just a middleman. You don't have any control. It's just like not the case at all. I'm closing faster than most local lenders. Have more products and get paid more. Just well, I think sense. it depends on the personality of the loan officer, right? Sure. So if it's a loan officer who's going out there establishing, so this work. Let's diverge here. Realtors go out and create relationships with consumers, mm-hmm. right? And that's the large lead source. But lenders, correct me if I'm wrong, go out and establish relationships with realtors yeah, and your, title your attorneys. Clients, and that's yeah. where mm-hmm. um, your funnel of business comes correct. from. 
But not every loan officer is good at right developing relationships. No. Um, so if you're I don't not, know if you should be in the business if you're yeah. not good at developing relationships. But there's a lot that aren't, right? And so <laughs> they should maybe be at a, I don't know, a Chase Bank or a J.P. Morgan where, or Wells Fargo sure. where they're going to get business regardless. Maybe yeah. they're going to make less per loan, mm. but they have guaranteed loans that are going to be always coming in. Yeah. But if you're an entrepreneur, um, yeah. Then going this route makes more sense. I yeah, think. definitely. And I, I or uh, yes. And if you already have that established relationship, like just the switch. I mean, if you already have that established business, just the switch could be so profitable, right? Um, but change is hard. I mean, I've sure. I've changed brokerages. It's a it's sure. a hard decision. Sure. It's hard to move everything. Yeah, yeah, it is hard if you're already making like you know half a million dollars plus where you're at, like. Yeah, it would be hard, but I strongly encourage it. But but I also think they have to know, like, this is where it's going. Like, realtors are going to own these ancillary services. And if you're a title attorney that's not offering JVs or ownership interest in your title company or mortgage company that's doing, not doing the same, five years from now, it's going to look a lot different once everybody knows that, like... Yeah, yeah I mean, it really way. seems that like in the last two years, the title company JVs have just blown up. Yeah, um, yeah. Three, four, five years ago, I feel like sure. never heard of it. Maybe, maybe I heard of an individual agent owning an entire title sure. company, but not you know a percentage like a share share of the profits. And like, I think Lindsay's model for the title company is pretty unique. Um, like, you know, I know like ally title just does like individual JVs, right. Where, and you're just tied to that production where, um, Lindsay's model, it's like everybody, like you have a piece of an actual company. And so if Joe Schmo starts to use that title company, you benefit from that, right. you know, you benefit from the other realtor bringing in other business. So it's not just, like do they have here. a method of, cause this is, this is one of the things I think agents are always concerned with. You're someone's coming in and not producing, right? They were they were a twenty or thirty million dollar producer, mm-hmm. sending seventy five percent of their production to this title company. Suddenly they they fell off the cliff. They're producing seven million and they're sending two million. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So the, you have no voting rights as the minority owner. So yes, you have. There is a. If you're doing that, you're probably going to get kicked out of the group. Yeah. And then your ownership interest would be spread back out to everyone else. Who's and there. you get reimbursed whatever your capital contribution exactly. was. Which is very low. Yeah. Um, you just need to stay respiratory compliant. That's where they have these capital contributions. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think part of the reason is because you meant you touched on RESPA. So uh, the CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, started cracking down on the joint marketing agreements between title companies and agents where they were found, well, there wasn't really joint marketing going on. It yeah. was just a little more shady. So they've been clamping down on that. And I think that's where the rise in agent ownership of titles came. Mm -hmm. Um, But now if the mortgage industry is moving this way, this Mm -hmm. is really, uh, I find this really fascinating too. So how many, how many agents would you say are partial owners in your guys' mortgage company? Uh, We haven't finalized it all yet, but 20 plus. So we're shooting for $2 billion worth of sales volume, um, total sales volume. Um, And this is spread across DC, Maryland. Virginia. Yeah. So what's the math work out on that to per agent production that you guys need? So there's uh, some agents that do around 30 to 50 and some are doing a hundred plus. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It'd be, you know, it, it's been, it's been a majority. Well, we got some, 
some people outside of like uh, Lindsay's um, title companies, right? Um, just like a part of, we went to that group first, obviously, because they're easiest to, you know, kind of put this in front of. And then we've had been having conversations over the past four months with tons of people. Um, and so yeah. at what point then will you guys start taking on more loan officers as employees? That's going to happen at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So that's the next step, right? The next step is, hey, loan officer that's struggling, come over here, learn how we're doing business, how we can help more people. And also, here's a book of business. Help start helping these realtors with their book of business. So come over here with your production, make more money because you're getting paid more. Uh, you can do more loans for the, your existing realtor partners, and then here are extra realtor partners. And so that's where we're up, our plan. And you know, we don't have to we don't have to add ton of more loan officers, right? But we we're thinking about adding a few, a few high, higher volume. Yeah, I mean, officers. there's probably a certain volume intervals where. Yeah, I mean, I can handle a lot. Yeah. I can handle a lot. Like I worked with Scott Story, who I think did like 500 transactions last year. So I, you know, Scott, if you're listening, if you can do it, I can he do it. did 500? I think so. That's crazy. To give yeah. you guys an idea, uh, 100 loans is a typically a pretty high producing loan officer. Yeah, yeah. Right? He so, did, I don't know. Yeah, I've did, done deals with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's. Did north of 200 wow. million, maybe closer to 300 million, I think. Uh, he's a beast. Um, so, he, you know, just looking at him, studying from him, how he does it, did it again. And he had, it was him, two loan officer assistants, and like two processors doing all that. So, I mean, that's our idea. It's like me, a bunch of pro processors underneath, maybe a few LOAs, paying them salary, getting their feet wet in the business, helping them grow their business, um, and then bringing on additional loan officers who already have an existing book and then giving them more business. And so when you bring on new loan officers, because you mentioned giving them a book of business in addition to what they're doing, mm -hmm. are your compensation models then, if we give you the lead, different from if correct, they generate correct. their own? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if we give them the lead, it'll be like more of like a 60-40 split of the commission that they bring in. Again, And again, they can choose like how much they want to cut, et cetera. Right. Um, and then their own will be 50, 50. So, okay. So yeah. 60, 60, 40, us. 60 to the company, yeah, 40 yeah. to them. Yeah, correct. That's actually not as big no, of a good. difference as I would think. No, no, no. Um, cause well, we also like want them to like, uh, not to say that they would, but like, we don't want them to be more focused on their own business compared to the business that they're getting from us. If that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause it's the same amount of work, yeah. but, but as we know, the big dollar value in the real estate industry in any of the any of the professions is the ability to generate the business. Sure, exactly. And so if you're coming over and we're just helping you already, and like we, we you know, I've had these conversations with loan officers, and they're intrigued, especially because like now, like their companies are slimming down. <laughs> Their rates aren't the best. They're losing business. I mean, it's going to be a tough 2023 for these people. Well, like you said earlier, if you did this one, you're getting some of these loans at under six. So with a five and a front. So yeah. if they're competing against you and you guys are at five, eight, two, five, five, seven, five, and they're at six, two, five, six, you know, three, seven, five. Yeah. Um, they're going to lose that loan to you. Absolutely. So they might as well come All work for you instead. Ex exactly. And then on top of that, like going back to these, the Airbnb loans, the investor loans that we can help the, you know, realtors scale their business. But also like I discovered we have a down payment assistance program. It's uh, it's unique to brokers, brokers. It's three and a half percent down payment assistance. That's forgivable at closing. And they can couple this with 6% seller credits. 
and then they can refinance to a lower rate in six months. And it's an so the three and a half percent can go towards down payment. Yeah, so that's their down payment, okay. which is completely free. It's a grant com- completely forgivable at closing, and then they can couple it with six percent seller credit. So and then what's the down payment requirement on that, three that and one? Three and a half percent. So we're yeah. basically if we basically I'm we helping get someone people, into house for zero for zero. I'm helping people get in the home for zero dollars. And uh, there's got to be some sort of I would imagine income restrictions or something. Yeah. On nope, this. nope. No, uh, no income. Um, well, the income restriction is a hundred percent of the AMI, which is if you need this type of loan, like that's perfectly fine, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to either be a first time home buyer. A uh, retired state or federal employee, first responder, medical professional, or teacher. So great program for tons of people. Um, that so let it. me ask you on the teacher front, because we have a lot of school system employees that are members of the teachers union, mm. but are not are, are not actually teachers. So I'm curious. I'm always curious about these. Uh, the schools employ physical therapists, speech language pathologists. Uh, they're all teachers union yeah, members, but yeah. they're not teachers. That's interesting. I yeah. have to find out more about yeah, that. We'll have to find that yeah. out because uh, <laughs> yeah, we might have a, might have a flow of uh, yeah. clients for you. Yeah. yeah. Although no, none of them are first time home buyers anyway, so yeah. they won't. <laughs> well, see, they don't need to be first time home buyers. You can be a teacher that's not a first time home buyer. Uh, so it's uh, a first time home buyer or, or, or yeah, not and. Okay. And it's 100% of AMI? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, what, what, what loans do we have that you can get Sarah into a house? Yeah, She's one year question. into a career change. So uh, I found a few people who will write them, but I'm not loving the terms, so I'm uh, shopping around. So it's funny you're saying that. I'm actually helping a realtor right now who ran a machinery office uh, as the director of operations. And she came to me being like, hey, me and my husband want to buy our next house. Um, I just became a realtor in August of 2021. Um, can you help me? And everyone said, no, I actually have a lending partner that will be able to help her. Uh, they're going to write an exception for her. Um, they're going to use a 12 months um, of personal bank statements to show deposits of her being a realtor in there. Hmm. Um, and she's, you know, she'll be, she'll be getting out soon. Very cool. Know? Yeah. So the 10, yeah, that's what got me so excited is like these self-employed borrower loans that so many people would just go mm-hmm. to a local lender and lenders like, I can't help you. And then they're like, okay, well, I guess no one could help you if this local yeah. lender can help me. Yeah. Especially um, we know as realtors, right. Even when we're making a, uh, some realtors making huge sums, but they're dropping a lot of money on their, on their businesses too. Sure. Um, partially to avoid taxes. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, they, these type of loans, they don't even look at your tax returns. Yeah. So just show me your ba- business or personal bank statements for the last 12 months. And if you've been self-employed for at least two years, you can get a loan, um, but then they make exceptions if you've been in the same line of business or. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll yes. connect. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll connect after this. <laughs> yeah, we're getting. Because I've been in real estate for four years. There you go. But an agent for a year. So yeah. I've been calling around, but, yeah. you know, because I need to buy a house. I'm getting itchy. There you go. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 1099 uh, income, income loan. Yeah, yeah, we're addicted to buying real estate. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, Tell our listeners where they can find out about you in Motto Mortgage. Yes. Um, you can go to MottoMortgageBoutique.com. You can also go to VincentGlakis.com. Um, my number is 240-328-5216. Uh, I did want to plug a little thing. Uh, we yeah, plug whatever yeah. we want. So I'm actually joining EXP uh, to start to start a large recruiting um, effort to bring realtors to our EXP network. Um, and I think our EXP network is quite unique because 
if you become a member of our network, you are going to get coaching from some of the top realtors, um, you know, coaching on growing and scaling your business, coaching on finding distressed properties around the nation. Cause we have a, a realtor that's huge on that. And then, um, me and Lindsay will kind of share with you how to explore and establish mortgage companies. Is, and, is Lindsay going to be EXP? Uh, yes. Oh. When, when's this airing? Uh, this we can after, hold off on after area. January 5th. Well, I mean, it makes sense if, <laughs> if yeah. your business partner is yeah. uh, yeah. Lindsay yeah. Um, and you're mentioning you. Yeah. So that's a, that's a surprising uh, after change. After January 5th. Um, yes. So he is. So our idea is like we are looking to this help realtors, you know, grow their business by coming to EXP through all these ancillary services. You know, we'll teach you, we'll set up the mortgage companies for you and title companies for you to help grow around the country. Um, but also, you know, you can get access to Lindsay and his mind coaching, uh, Chris Craddock, who's out of Virginia and his coaching on, um, finding distressed properties and helping investors. So this, there's, it's not just, Hey, come to EXP and make more commission. It's come to EXP and get all this knowledge as well. And Which is not out. coming from EXP. It's coming from you guys, you and Lindsay. Correct. Us in the group, the group that we're a part of. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think there has been a bad notion of like people have been getting blown up to come to EXP over the past few years. And it's like, why would I come? You guys like don't have that brand. Like what else can you bring besides more commission? And it's like, that's what our idea is. Like we're going to set that all up. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That'll be an interesting model. See yeah. how it goes. Yeah. No, it's in uh, uh, social media. Where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, Cause so you're blowing up on yes, TikTok. at Vincent Glacus on TikTok and Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. All this right. This has been fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, and you wanted to talk about rates. I'm sorry. Uh, rates are, they're going to be different next yeah, week. Could they'll you, be different yeah. next week, next week, but <laughs> yeah. What yeah. rates are you getting people right now? I mean, that's a yeah. so rates in the marketplace right, right now are Stand, six and a quarter or so uh, standard conventional 20% down, good credit, good income, high fives for me right now. Yeah. So you're beating them by almost half percent. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Broker model. It's powerful. Yeah, I like half a percent off, especially, uh, <laughs> especially this day. What's it age. looking like for conventional, first time, low yeah. down payment, good credit? Uh, low sixes. Okay. Yeah, low sixes. Yeah. But still about about half point better than, because we're looking at high sixes for most mortgage companies. Yeah, right, for that. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Awesome. This has been awesome. Thank you guys for so much having me on. Um, awesome. And we'll see you next week, and we'll wait to air this till after January. <laughs> right, after January. January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Awesome. That was good. That was awesome. Thank you. Oh, man. Thanks for listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to contact the hosts, reach out to them at info at dcrealestatepodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you access your podcasts. 